All right, the final score, 24 to 10. We'll talk about that in a second. Let's just have a brief little happy dance, like, like Snoopy on top of his doghouse, listening to Schroeder play the piano. A little happy dance. The Georgia Bulldogs are the SEC East champions for the first time in longer than any of us would like to admit. How do you guys feel? What's up, Georgia Bulldog fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 113 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. This is our Georgia-South Carolina postgame show. My co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, join me to discuss everything that went right in the Bulldogs' 24-10 win versus the Gamecocks, and even the head-scratching calls that did not go the dog's way. Yeah, I'm referring to the onside kick to start the game. That was a strange call, but, I mean, when you're undefeated, ranked number one, and are playing a lesser opponent at home, Maybe that's something you can get away with trying. It obviously didn't hurt the dogs on Saturday. But we get into a little bit more than post-game talk on this short episode. Will has some interesting college football playoff statistics for Georgia and their next opponent. Yes, Auburn has a legitimate shot at getting into the college football playoff if things happen to fall their way. We'll discuss later. But let's finish out South Carolina talk before we move on to our Auburn preview show, which will take place later this week. And a quick heads up. On the audio here, it's my fault, mainly because of me. I was calling in on a cell phone, and it's a little garbly, so just pay attention to that. But here's Tony to get us started as he is reacting to Will's question about how he feels now that the dogs have clinched the SEC East and will be headed to their first SEC championship game since 2012. Hope you enjoy. I'm pretty psyched. I mean, you know, we, we'll talk about the playoffs now since that was our deal we struck. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it was a kind of a crazy 20 minutes of football. We finished up the game. We start walking out of the stadium, come to find out that Ohio State has is getting blown out and subsequently loses to Iowa. Um, and then Michigan State kicks a game-winning field goal against Penn State. And then to wrap it up in that, at the end of that 20 minutes, Ole Miss scores a, a go-ahead touchdown with five seconds left to eliminate Kentucky from the SECs. So, what a fun 20 minutes of football. <laughs> yeah, I really forgot how much I enjoy those 3.30 kickoffs because as we were ending the game, you know, it was barely getting dark. Well, now that time change happened, it will be dark. But, you know, it just felt good not having to deal with it being 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night rolling out of the stadium. But what, what made me even happier to realize was that, you know, I was trying to think back. I was like, wow, Georgia's 9-0. I was telling my two boys who were with me. It was like, we're 9-0. and And my nine-year-old, he asked me, he's like, when was the last time Georgia was 9-0? And I was like, I don't know when the last time Georgia was nine enough. So I looked it up, and as everybody else has looked it up, it was 1982. 82, um, man. Eight, no, <laughs> yeah, and that was a good. That was a good Georgia team. Was that the Pitt Sugar Bowl? Yes. Yeah, to to, to where we can go nine games in the season uh, undefeated, and that's when special things happen, and you're allowed, like Tony just said. We yes, we are allowed to kind of you know dance around or dream a little bit and make all those scenario picks of what could happen if Georgia keeps playing like they are. And I'm curious what it was like there. I watched the game. I was at Steeplechase in Callaway Gardens, so but it was over uh, pretty much by the time the game started. So we watched this game uh, comfortably in the lodge at Callaway Gardens. <laughs> nice place. I recommend everyone go if they get the opportunity. So we, I saw it entirely on television. Um, it's with this, It feels like kind of the game we warned about a little bit where – you know, it wasn't part of the revenge tour. It wasn't. It, it, it was a week before a huge, huge game. 
it just felt like a little bit like this was a game that they were going to have to grind a little bit. And it was. And I will say if, you know, this seems to me, uh, one of the lesser games they've played all year. And they still not only won 24-10, they won very comfortably. If the worst game they play all year, uh, and we can argue that maybe you can say it was Sanford or or, or whatever, but if the worst game they play all year is a game where, frankly, there was just never really a second where I thought this game was in doubt, I feel like that's maybe a pretty good sign. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Will, because sitting in the stadium, uh, it felt pretty comfortable to me as well. Um, You know, even when they traded the first couple touchdowns and uh, after South Carolina's receiver made that great catch. And then Wims comes back and makes kind of like a, can you top this uh, review touchdown catch? I was sitting there wondering, how does it feel to those uh, fans watching at home? And you answered my question right there. It probably felt the same way that we all felt. We were, we weren't nervous or anything. We were, we were waiting for him to get started. I kept thinking like, okay, third quarter or fourth quarter, we're going to have a breakout and end up winning, you know, 35 to 10, which never materialized. But, that's good to hear that you kind of saw the same game that I did. Well, I think the thing we saw was a Georgia team that was very content to do just enough to win. I mean, you know, South Carolina is a better, they're a better football team. We talked about how they probably would be a little better defensively than anybody we'd seen this far. I think the surprising part to me is that we, I think you're right. It never felt like it was in, out and we never really panicked even you you fumbled the ball inside the five yard line by the way i went back and watched that um godwin right dislocate his thumb there i mean it was very clear if you look at it it was very very clear his thumb was separated um or dislocated and then he came out to make a like a baller catch on one of those last two drives to keep the drive alive a quick quick slant inside uh which i thought was was pretty interesting the other thing about it is that this was what you always worry about with a quarterback that's really good with um, with spreading the ball around and can see spaces in coverage because that's that's exactly what Bentley did. I mean, you know, 227, 21, and 36, which wasn't, you know, that's no great hops on his part, but it wasn't enough to keep the game from being a total blowout because this game realistically could have been 21 to, um, I'm sorry, 31 to, to, to 7 or 21 to six um, without Bentley doing a really good job of, of splitting coverage, finding soft spots in the zone and exploiting that. It was funny. I thought it was, I understand that they saw something on the game tape to try to do the onside kick to start the game. Uh, apparently that was something that they saw as a potential weakness for South Carolina. Uh, I get that. It still seemed weird. <laughs> it still seemed maybe a little unnecessary. Uh, I know that we've said trust the coaching staff, and I think with general, uh, generally, I think that that's worked out pretty well for everybody. It's still, I don't know. It felt, it felt cocky in a way that you didn't need to be going into this game, and they had all kind of got settled down. Now I want to give some love to uh, to Fromm because uh, I think Fromm had one of his best games. He had he had a, kind of a Grayson Lambert special, and I say that in the positive way of Grayson Lambert. He had like the he had the the super efficient game, but you know. I think when you look at the weaknesses of that game in the game, I think maybe the onside kick is a little silly. I think the one thing that was that they didn't do this game, and you're right, Tony, you talk about how they really couldn't might not have been this close. This was a red zone challenge game. This is a game where they struggled in the red zone. That's something that you obviously need to get cleaned up. But again, it's hard to harp on this game and be like, well, they should have done this, they should have done this, they should have done this, because this felt from the beginning like a survival game with the with the huge games coming up. 
Yeah, I think the, the, the part about it to me that was most impressive is that we still, despite them selling out and doing a good job of selling out, uh, we still were able to move the ball on the ground on them a little bit. You know, give South Carolina credit. They hemmed in the inside run. I don't think we had any runs inside that were more than four or five yards. But again, we were able to bump outside and get the runs we needed to when we needed to, um, which really helped move the ball down the field. And that, that provided just enough for Fromm to be able to to make a couple of uh, really, really nice throws. I tell you, what, he is becoming, um, you say Grayson Lambert, ah, he looked more like Aaron Murray yeah, in this game yeah, with this yeah. back, the, the back shoulder throws, um, which is when you consider it took Aaron Murray three years to look this way. I'll take that. <laughs> Did you catch Kirby's quote on the onside? Yeah, that was pretty he said, cool. He said, he said, he said that we, we want to hunt. We don't want to be hunted at University of Georgia. I can accept that. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I, get I would have I would have liked to have seen something a little bit different. I felt I kind of felt similar to you, Will, where they had just run through the flag or the, the G, you know, the number one team, you know, Georgia, you know, the announcer, and everybody's like, yeah, and then we go out, and it's kind of like, huh? What are they doing? But, um, yeah, I'll take it. I mean, you can you can get away with that when you're 9-0, I guess. Well, the interesting thing is when you watch the replay, it came within a split second, just a gnat's hair of actually succeeding the guy that they kicked the ball at. If Blankenship kicks the ball another foot and a half to his left, or the guy doesn't recognize the split second he does, um, uh, the Georgia player gets there. I mean, he they yeah. they basically collide at the ball. It just happens the South Carolina ball. A guy holds on the ball, but he made a really nice athletic play to shift his hips because he was already turning around and running backwards. Blankenship just happened to hit the ball right at him. It's funny though. Whenever Kirby Smart does his post game, we got to work on this, or we got to work on this, or famously, as I joked about the halftime of the Tennessee game, where he said, "We got a lot of stuff we got to work on. We wasted two timeouts after they were completely wiping out Tennessee on the road." This does feel like one of those games where his we got some stuff to clean up uh, coming into these pretty crazy final three weeks. I don't disagree with him. And uh, I, I feel like there are little things here or there, particularly on, particularly on defense and particularly on, in the red zone, particularly in the red zone. You know, th- there, there were little mistakes that, again, against South Carolina is, aren't going to cost you. But, you know, we're getting into the time now where, I mean, obviously with the big game next week and in the, in the next three, and, and, and obviously there's another game now we can add on the schedule officially uh, with some of these big games coming up. It feels like, you know, that's something – I didn't need them to go out and blow South Carolina away. This game went about the way I thought it would. If anything, I think maybe the margin should have been a little bit more. But, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking this year about getting nervous. Like, I I, say there's a little part of me that thought, you know what would really impress me from Georgia is having this obvious trap game, obvious trap game in a tough spot. Have them come out and wipe them out again. <laughs> and, and that didn't yeah. happen. And that didn't happen, which is fine. Like, I don't think that's like a huge strike against them. And I think I understand why it happened. But okay, you got that out of your system because, uh, this is a pretty huge one coming up. And, uh, and that, that's my only real concern about this. Not so much like it's, it's obviously it's nitpicking, but you know, the thing that we've seen from this team all year is the game that makes us a little nervous. The game we think, oh, okay, this could be a little scary of a game. They've gone out and molly whopped them, as the case would be. And that didn't ha- happen this time. It doesn't mean they played poorly. It doesn't mean there's really a lot to be angry about. It's just uh, something to keep an eye on, I would say. Well, a friend of mine was saying that if we play like we did against South Carolina, against Auburn or Alabama, we stand the chance of losing. Would you all agree with that statement or 
what do you think about that? I think they will lose if they play like that yeah, against yeah. South Carolina. I don't think it's just standing a chance. I think they will lose. You mean Auburn? Uh, Auburn uh, so, yeah, if they did South Carolina against Auburn or Alabama, particularly Alabama, but I, I think they will lose. I think it's not just standing a chance to lose. I think they will. I was just about to say that Auburn is a uh, is a rich man's version with a higher payoff to players version of South Carolina. <laughs> It's not that Bentley's a bad quarterback. I just think Stidham has a little better awareness of the field and is a little better at picking apart uh, soft soft areas of the zone. He's really good at looking off guys on man coverage. I think um, there were two or three times where we got burned, and we got lucky when a couple times the ball got out of the throne, where we just we did not play real disciplined uh, man-to-man at times. Um, and then you throw in their running game and how I think their defense is actually better than South Carolina. So a hundred percent, we play this way against Auburn. I don't think it's a matter of if we could, I think we will lose to them. Yeah. Which, but again, like, you know, I, I, I don't want that to, 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 to overstate too much. Like I understand, like I get it. You know, I think I understand why this game happened and it's hardly a disaster and they probably should have won by more. And the outcome was never in doubt. And South Carolina is frankly, We'll see what happens with Kentucky. But if Kentucky's losing at home in Mississippi, that makes me think South Carolina is the second best team in the FCC East. So, like, yeah. you know, this is not something to be embarrassed of. But, you know, and, and, and I think they'll come out. If they, I, uh, the way that we worried about them coming out against South Carolina, I think they kind of did a little bit. I'm just less worried they're going to come out that way against Auburn. Yeah, I think the the interesting thing to me is that. I think he hit the nail on the head there um, as far as th- this game felt like it never felt like it was close. It really felt like it should have been a more of a, I guess, a blowout. Um, it will be interesting to me to see what Bill Conley's numbers are. And I'm trying to be chopping for curves that guys this, but uh, just because it really felt like a really efficient performance, you know, we didn't do anything flashy. We didn't break off. I think 26 yard run was the, the longest run we had. We, you know, we dominated, but not, not just blew up in gaps. We didn't have the explosive plays though. So, um, but we also, we, we moved the chains really well. And I want to say, you know, we had, we out, uh, what was it? We had 26 first downs. So there are 14 first downs. We held the ball some like ungodly amount of time, more than them. Uh, we had, you know, more yards per completion, more yards per attempt. Um, just, it, there were a lot of, a lot of little things out there. I mean, they had, they had more, penalty first downs and they had rushing first downs uh against georgia so you know that's it, it is one of those games where you look at the box score and you think huh this is only a 14 point game you would expect some like crazy turnover luck or something like that and south carolina did have the turnover luck i mean godwin fumbling the ball inside the five yard line when you have to think that's automatically three and likely seven i mean that's that's different that changes things I think you can make an argument, and we should probably kind of close with this because uh, we have a whole game, whole game to preview. But I'm looking at the 538s, uh, 538s projections for this year. Currently, Georgia is 56% chance to make the playoff. If they win against Auburn, they have a 72% chance. And if they lose against Auburn, they have a 31% chance. I think you can make a very strong argument that this game uh, at Auburn is, in fact, even more important for Georgia if they want to make the playoff than the SEC championship game. Uh, particularly when you see some of the things that have happened this weekend, uh, particularly when you see how Ohio State now is, appears to be out of it. Penn State now appears to be out. Oklahoma now, uh, Oklahoma is still hanging in there. But like, you know, you look around Miami, Notre Dame, one of them is going to be gone. After this weekend, to me, 
a lot of things have fallen in George's favor for the, because now Tony, we can talk about the playoff now <laughs> and we'll talk more yeah. about this on the show this week. But if we're talking about the playoff, a lot of things have fallen the right way for Georgia. If they were to make it to the sec championship game undefeated and lose to still potentially get in. Whereas I think if you lose to Auburn, that potential margin of error, error is gone. So, uh, I, this, I know that we're all excited and we should be excited. There's an SC championship game. I can talk about it now. I have a hotel. I'm not going to cancel it if Kentucky <laughs> makes it. I can actually just admit it that I'm going. Um, I haven't got a ticket yet, but I'm keeping an eye out. Um, but. Now that we can talk about that game, the game is obviously huge, but I think it is difficult to overstate how important this game is for now where we are in the rarefied air. We're number one in, in, in the college football playoff rankings. We are right there with as good a chance as anybody to make the playoffs, but it could all, and all this excitement and all of this, this glory and, and fun, it could end, uh, on Saturday, uh, a 3.30 game now. As we know. And so I, I find myself already after, after really kind of a chill few weeks, we've all been kind of relaxed a little bit. Uh, now it's probably time to, to start getting serious because this is as big a game as I think George has played in a long time. For what it's worth, uh, this same 538 rating, Auburn is not completely out of the playoff chase. If they win out, which is obviously hard, they have Alabama. They have an 87% chance if they win out, which will require not only beating Alabama, but beating Georgia twice, <laughs> which is asking quite a bit. But if they win out, they, so they're, they're in this, I'll put it this way. Auburn has better chance of making the playoff than Ohio State, than, uh, than USC, than Penn State. They've got a better chance than all of those teams. So, uh, they've got a lot to play for too. They are highly motivated beyond just ruining Georgia's season, though I suspect that would be a pretty fun part of it too. Yeah, I think I think they would take that. Uh, just curious, Trey Matthews still play there? I don't. Is that a thing? So <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, don't know. Um, uh, I, I know that uh, we'll we'll talk a little basketball in the previous show this week. But I know all of half of Auburn's basketball team can't play. So, uh, but that's a, that's another discussion, guys. I will be there. I know. I, I said last week I was not going to be able to be there for the pre, pre, pre uh, preview show this week. I will be there. We will have our big Good. preview show this week. I'm very excited about that because, as I said, I'm. I don't know about you guys. I'm getting nervous just thinking about this game right now i'm already getting yes. getting kind of amped up about it so uh imagine uh what happens when we get together in a room with a bunch of bourbon so 100 um, percent. but mostly yeah. sec east champs right sec champs let's just all say it we can act it's been five years let's just say it georgia is the sec east champions that's very fun to say yeah man let's uh let's go to atlanta y'all let's yes. actually let's go to all let's go to auburn first yeah <laughs> let's go everywhere Let's go to Atlanta. Let's go to Pasadena. Let's come back to Atlanta. That's the last. The last <laughs> thing I'll say. I was. I was at uh, Steeplechase in uh, in and Cowboy Gardens, and there's some. Uh, high net worth individuals there. And one of them was joking to me. He's like, man, I was talking to an Alabama fan. Cause I, cause I feel like I got to go. If they make the playoff, I got to go to either the Rose bowl or the sugar bowl. And then I got Atlanta and then I got to get out to, to Auburn. How do Auburn, how do Alabama fans afford this every year? <laughs> it ends up being a lot of trip, a lot of trips. And I, I think that's, that's telling. I always assume they're just robbing banks. I don't know how they're doing that in Alabama. Um, actually, uh, actually Walmart pays more than you think. Yeah, that's true. Yes, that's true. That's true. All right, guys. Well, we will do our big preview show later this week for the biggest game, I would argue, in several years here and, and, uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs. Otherwise, until then, go dogs. Go dogs.
And thanks so much for listening. You can tweet our show by hitting us up at WSLS Podcast. We'll be back later this week for our Georgia-Auburn preview show, and we will also be making picks for top national and SEC games of the week. And thanks to you all, the listeners, we have a ton of podcast reviews to go over and questions to answer that have been submitted via iTunes and Twitter. So if you'd like to have a question, maybe you haven't submitted one, maybe you have another one, but if you have one you'd like for us to try to address, get it in via iTunes, which is the podcast review way of doing things, or you can hit us up on Twitter sometime before Monday evening, and we'll do our very best to answer it on the show. And good luck to all of you road dogs heading down to Jordan here this weekend. We will see you back on campus in a couple weeks. As always, take care and go dogs.